Right. Welcome, everybody. It is week 18 of the NFL, and we are Wagers Ragers. So if you're new to the show and you're wondering what Wagers Ragers is or who Wagers Ragers are, well, we're two friends from the great state of New Jersey, I'm in New Jersey. that hearkens many celebrities like Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, Thomas Edison. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. And your host and his compadre, myself, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and of course, always joining me, John, the Hedgehog, Donneth. Now, Wagers Ragers, we love talking, betting on the NFL and electronic dance music. So without further ado, let us jump into week 18. But before we do that, John, how are we doing today? Doing great. Yet another week in the books. So much so that we have reached the final week of the regular season. This is the last week of the 2021-2022 season where we will have the full slate of games to pick from. And this season flew by. I can't believe how fast it went, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're at the end of the regular season. The playoffs are next weekend, which is insane to me. Um, what's interesting about week 18, well, first of all, it's, this is the first week 18 that's ever been in the NFL. They expanded the season by a game, but there are still several teams fighting for a couple of playoff spots. Uh, so very interesting week. Some, a lot of teams with something to play for. So it's not as if we're going to have a lot of uh, you know, lousy games this week. But we'll see. Um, we're going into week 18. But before we do that, let's quickly recap last week. Now, again, if you're new to the show, um, I'm a Jet fan. John is an Eagles fan. And so every week we pick our respective teams, analyze the games, tell you what we think is going to happen as far as the uh, point spread is concerned, who to take. So last week the Jets played the Buccaneers and Tampa Bay came into MetLife Stadium very strange game. Um, Antonio Brown taking off his shoulder pads, stripping down to uh, his bare chest and throwing his uh, shirt into the crowd and then running off the field. He eventually got waved by the Buccaneers, um, which is no surprise because Antonio Brown has just been an insane person uh, his, enti- his entire time in the NFL. Great player, but just uh, totally unpredictable. Jets had a 24 to 10 lead at one point and they blew it and they lost 28, 24 jets were laying 10 and a half. And I'm sorry, Buccaneers were laying 10 and a half. Jets were getting 10 and a half. And I said, take the Buccaneers. I thought Tampa Bay was just going to destroy the jets, but jets hang in there and uh, jets actually covered two quick props on that game. I had Tom Brady over passing yards, Tom Brady over touchdown passes. He threw a touchdown pass his third one of the game. To win the game, he was over two and a half touchdown passes covered on both of those props. My second game, Cowboys against the Cardinals. Cowboys were laying six and a half points. I said, take the Cowboys. That didn't work out. They ended up losing to the Cardinals. I had two props in that game. CeeDee Lamb over receiving yards. Didn't hit on that one, but I did hit on Christian Kirk over receiving yards as he was the number one receiver for 
Kyler Murray. So all in all, a bit of a mixed bag, three and three last week. Uh, so we'll call it a break-even day. That's gambling for you. John, how'd you do last week? Mixed bag again, but overall it actually went pretty w- uh, pretty well. First, starting off with your games, I went the other way as far as the Jets-Buccaneers game went. I said take the Jets and the 14-and-a-half. I love the huge point spread there. That actually cashed, hit that one. I followed you on Tom Brady on the passing yards, and touchdowns hit both of those. I also liked uh, Keelan Cole, who I think was 31 or 32 and a half receiving yards. He ended up hitting that. In the second game, I wanted to go the other way um, and take the Cardinals because I know the, the Cowboys had been up and down at home this year. Um, but I felt that the, the point spread was just, you know, I, I wanted over a touchdown. They ended up winning the game outright. So if I'd gone Cardinals, that would have hit. I also liked the over on Ezekiel Elliott uh, rushing yards. Uh, that did not hit. Uh, I thought that he could get that, you know, that over that 51 and a half yard mark. I think it was, he only ended up having 16 yards in that game ended up having 87 last night for my games. I had the Eagles and the Washington football team, huge game for the Eagles. A win would essentially put them in the playoffs based on a couple other things that had to happen. The Eagles do win the game 20 to 16 do get into the playoffs last week. However, the point spread had bounced, you know, from like three and a half up to, I think, six or six and a half at the time of game time. I loved it at three and a half. However, I still said to take the Eagles and give the points at six and a half. That did not cover. The Eagles obviously would have covered the three and a half there. A couple props that I hit on the game, I said to take Jalen Hurts over on uh, rushing yards. That hit over on receiving yards for Dallas Goddard. That hit as well. Uh, and lastly, I took the Chiefs and the um, Bengals. I liked the Chiefs minus three and a half on the road. Bengals end up winning the game, so that didn't hit. Uh, Travis Kelsey was also coming back from a one-week absence due to the COVID list. I le- loved him over three and 73 and a half receiving yards. It was not a big Travis Kelsey game, so that was wrong. Did hit big on the uh, Patrick Mahomes rushing yards, however. So a mixed bag, but did get some hits in there and definitely looking forward to a big finish to the regular season. Yeah, I followed you on the Jalen Hurts rushing. I also loved the Eagles in that game, and I took the, the, uh, the Eagles laying six points and did not cover that but did hit on Goddard over uh, receiving yards. I also followed you on the Chiefs and did not hit on that. Um, but I did sneak in there a Chiefs first half bet at minus three. So I hit on that. And again, you know, it's Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. And I took Kelsey over receiving yards. Did hit on that, but, um, you know, that's just the way it goes. All right, so we're going into week 18. And John's team, the Philadelphia Eagles, played yesterday and got destroyed um, by the Cowboys at home. So John will not be analyzing that game today, but I'm guessing he will be jumping on and providing some analysis on my Jets against the Buffalo Bills up in Buffalo. Yes, sir. So Jets are coming into this game with a fantastic record of 4-12. and 12. Uh, Another stellar performance this year by the New York Jets, lining up to get a top 10 pick, probably top five pick, along with the draft pick they picked up from the Seahawks in the Jamal Adams trade. Buffalo is coming into this game at 10 and six, and they control their own destiny with regard to the AFC East division uh, championship. 
<clears throat> the the Buffalo Bills uh, last year won the division. First time in a while that somebody other than the Patriots have won the division, and now they have a chance this year to win it for the second straight year. Um, as I indicated, Buffalo controls their own destiny. They they win the AFC East with a win or a New England loss to Miami. Um, up and down season for Buffalo. They started the season four and one, and then they proceeded to lose five out of their last, I mean, five out of their next eight games. But they're on a three-game winning streak, including a win at New England. Last week, they destroyed Atlanta 29 to 16. The Jets, on the other hand, are mercilessly ending another terrible season. But that being said, they've shown some progress recently. Two weeks ago, they beat uh, Jacksonville. And last week, as I said before, they blew a 24-10 lead against Tampa Bay, which a game they should have won. But instead, um, a coaching error by having Zach Wilson run a quarterback sneak from three yards out on a fourth and three instead of what was supposed to be a handoff to the utility player, Braxton Berrios. Um, Zach Wilson missed the first game against Buffalo in which the Jets got smoked 45-17 with the uh, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, I say that in jest, Mike White throwing four interceptions. Uh, Zach Wilson has been playing pretty well um, recently. He's gone four straight games without an interception, which is the longest streak by a Jet rookie quarterback. However, the Buffalo Bills are 14-2 and two against quarterbacks with 16 or fewer starts uh, in their last uh, 16 games. They've only allowed 10 touchdowns in that streak, and they've sacked the quarterback 35 times and picked them off 24 times. Uh, Buffalo is the top-ranked defense, and the Jets are going to be without um, Braxton Berrios as he's um, recovering from a quad injury and got placed on IR. Over the last four games, he had 20 receptions, 180 yards, and a touchdown. So Zach Wilson's main weapon now for the last four games is going to be out. So who do I like in this game? Well, the line's 16 and a half points. That's a lot of points. And I I said last week the Jets were going to get destroyed. I mean, with Buffalo's top-ranked defense, this is a game I'm probably going to stay away from. But I know that, you know, this is our, our podcast. I have to pick one side. So I think this is going to be a low scoring game and I'm going to take the jets. I'm going to take the 16 and a half points. Yeah, I know. I probably shouldn't do that, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the 16 and a half points and I'm going to take the jets. Um, I just think it's going to be a real low scoring game. I think the jet defense, although it's terrible is going to actually play pretty well this week. So I think with the over under being 40 and a half points, I'm going to take the Jets and the 16 and a half points. Now, props. Well, I got free on props. All right. Normally, I give you stats, like where these, where the teams rank, defense on offense, et cetera. <clears throat> I'm going to do that, but in a, in a bit of a different way. I'm going to take Zach Wilson under 184 passing yards. And why am I doing that? 184 and a half passing yards doesn't seem like a lot of passing yards to get. But Buffalo is the number one team against the pass only allowing 172.9 passing yards. So give me Zach Wilson under 184 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And lastly, Buffalo is middle of the pack against the rush, giving up 113.6 rushing yards per game. So I like Michael Carter over 36 and a half rushing yards, minus 130 on DraftKings. I'm still going to take it and pay the extra juice. 
So those are my two props. That's my analysis on the Jet Buffalo game. John, any thoughts on this game? I'm sure you do. I do. I do. And we're actually on the same side of this. I love the Jets getting 16 and a half here. I think at the, the end of the year, the Jets, even in their worst years, somehow they, they seem to, to pull it together and make a lot of these games at the end of the year close. You know, they did the same thing last year in the, the, the tank for Trevor season, uh, won a couple games late. Um, they're playing the same way now. Zach Wilson is back. They came close to beating Tampa Bay last week, as you said. Um, as far as injuries go, Barrios out for the Jets. Emmanuel Sanders still going to be out for Buffalo as well. Uh, and although the Bills crushed the Jets 45-17 the last time they played, like you said, there was no Zach Wilson in this game. This is the Jets' Super Bowl here. It's their last game of the year. I'm expecting Coach Robert Sala to want to go out on a high note. So they cut it close against the Bucks last week and maybe keep it close here as well. I can tell you that the underdog is nine and four against the spread in the last 13 games between these two. And I can tell you that the bills who failed to cover last week against the Falcons are going to fail to cover again this week. I just feel like with that big of a point spread, there are multiple sets of circumstances that could come to pass here that allow you to take advantage of that huge spread. Remember the other thing at play here is that the Pats Dolphins game is going to be going on at the same time uh, and if the Patriots were to lose that game I think the Bills automatically clinch as well so if something's going on their scoreboard washing and the, the the Dolphins game is getting out of hand maybe that the Dolphins end up taking a big lead that could lead to Buffalo pulling their starters early or if Buffalo's crushing the Jets and they're up by let's say you know three touchdowns with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter they pull they pull their starters or the Jets are just able to keep it close enough within a, a touchdown or a couple of touchdowns. Um, I just think there are multiple sets of circumstances here which permit the Jets to either score a late touchdown or keep the game close and keep it within that 16 and a half point spread. So that's why I'm taking the Jets and the points. The Jets, you know, similar to what the Eagles have done, um, the Jets have been running the ball a lot more and with a lot more effectiveness. They've been running for 6.1 yards a game over one, excuse me, 6.1 yards per carry over their last three weeks, which leads the league. Jets use a bunch of different running backs. Michael Carter has been dealing with a concussion issue, but as best I can tell is going to play. So I'm going to follow you on Michael Carter, 36 and a half um, rushing yards for the prop here. He's averaging 38.8 on the year. I also like his receiving prop uh, 20.3 is his average on the year as far as receiving yards go. I got it at 10 and a half receiving yards, so I love that. I also kind of like Tevin Coleman. He's averaging 35 yards a game, rushing, and his prop is only 25 and a half. One more prop I'm looking at, Jamison Crowder. Didn't do anything last week, but as best as I can tell, he's supposed to be you know, the, the Jets' number one receiver coming back from injury here. He's averaged over 60 yards receiving in five games against Buffalo. And although the Bills do have the best pass defense in the league, on the, from the Jets' perspective, it's just a numbers game. No Barrios, no more, <laughs> no Corey Davis 
it's kind of like who's left standing besides Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole between those two give me, give me the veteran that I've seen make big catches before I could ex- I expect Zach Wilson to lean on Jamison Crowder and let's say if Zach Wilson has to has to throw more in the fourth quarter and some garbage time I would expect Jamison Crowder to get um at least a few of those catches. So I like Jamison Crowder, the over on receiving yards there too. So that's what I've got. I've got the Jets and the 16 and a half points. I like uh, Michael Carter over on rushing, Michael Carter over on receiving. And finally, I like Jamison Crowder over uh, receiving. And his number right now, I just checked it, only 36 and a half receiving yards. I do like that Carter over receding yards. Um, Zach Wilson has been finding him throughout the season out of the backfield. So that's not a big number to eclipse. So I do like that. And um, I'm going to take a look at that Crowder uh, prop as well. Um, but I just, you know, with the Buffalo defense being ranked number one against the pass, I think it's going to be a rough day for Zach Wilson out there uh, on, the, on the pass game. So, all right, good stuff. John, what game do you got next? Well, when I was trying to, to pick a second game here, a little bit of freedom here because my Eagles have already quote unquote played, you know, th- that game yesterday meant nothing for the Eagles. The, whether they won or lost had, had no impact on what their seeding is going to be and who they're going to play. So it was a lot of second stringers and a lot of third stringers out there for the Eagles. <clears throat> you know, you'd like to have a game that means something, but it is what it is. So what I did is I looked at the slate and said, give me the game that is definitely going to be meaningful and that's the san francisco 49ers playing at the los angeles rams division rivals the niners have beaten the rams i think like five times in a row which is just nuts but this is big rams are fighting for seeding they could end up anywhere from the second overall seed to the fifth seed depending on what happens in this game and others Uh, the niners also fighting for their playoff lives here they need to win to secure a spot or i think if the saints lose uh, they also secure a spot um Big storylines in the game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to play. That's the last report I got. Even though he's got uh, torn ligaments in his throwing hand, which he described as blanking painful to reporters uh, on Wednesday. Um, Niners also could be missing up to five players from their secondary due to the COVID list. Um, So the point spread here is only three and a half Rams are at home giving three and a half to the Niners. Like I said, the Niners have won five in a row, but I like the Rams to pull this game out at home, big finish to the year, um, big win last week. And I'm expecting the Rams to win and cover here. I just don't love um, the idea of the, the, the Niners starting this game with a quarterback who, who knows how well he'll be able to throw. And even deeper than that, I'm wondering, concerned that not only might he have trouble throwing the ball, even if the, the Niners might go run heavy, which I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do, you know, how are those exchanges going to be? You know, it's, it's his right hand. So that's his throwing hand. That's also the hand he uses to, to, to hand the ball off to Elijah Mitchell and others. I could see the potential for some turnovers there. Just don't love that from the Niners perspective. I think the Rams are, are, are hot right now. I think they are the chief danger to the, the Packers in the NFC. So I like the Rams to win this game at home and cover. Going right into some props here with the Niners playing with a, an injured quarterback here. 
Uh, and even if, if Jimmy G can't go or they mix in a little Trey Lance, I, I like Trey Lance as a prospect. He has not impressed me based on what I've seen so far in limited action. Um, so if you're the, the, the Niners, what do you do? I think you rely on your best player. Their best offensive weapon to me is Debo Samuel. He's really taking the step into that elite territory this year. He can do so many things. He's a very unique player. Um, and I like two props for Debo this week. <clears throat> One, I like his catches, which is four and a half on both DraftKings and FanDuel. And I like Debo rushing. Uh, it's 25 and a half on FanDuel. Kick over to DraftKings. You can get Debo's rushing prop at 21 and a half uh, yards. <clears throat> the, the, the Rams are actually 28th on defense as far as completions permitted per game. Debo's averaging 4.87 catches per game including five catches for 97 yards and a tutty against the Rams in week 10. So I think the, um, the Niners will rely on Debo. They'll look for ways to, to get him the ball. They're going to throw him the ball. They're going to pitch him the ball. They're going to do those bubble screens with him. And I think he, he could nail that four and a half catches. It's got good, good juice. I think at plus one Oh five. So give me Debo over on the catches. Now, although the Rams are sixth overall on rushing defense, allowing 101.2 yards per game, 103.7, a little bit worse than their last three contests, I think Debo is sort of a different story. Of course, he's not your traditional running back. He's not going to get the ball the same way a traditional running back will. So I don't think he plays by the same rules, and I don't know that the Rams defense can handle him the same way they can handle a traditional running back. Uh, Debo... Averaging 21.3 rushing yards a game, but that's after he was barely used as a rusher at all in the first eight games. He only had 19 rushing yards last week, but before that, he had averaged 46 and a half yards a game in his previous six games. Uh, and even though uh, Elijah Mitchell is back, and with Mitchell back, he's clearly the number one traditional running back for San Francisco. Debo is still their best player. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. And even with Eli back, Debo still had seven carries last week. So I like Debo over on four and a half catches. I like Debo over on 21. I love Debo over 28, one and a half rushing yards. <clears throat> on the other side of the ball, San Francisco's defense gives up 22 completions a game to quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't love, I, the first thing I looked at was actually Matt Stafford completions, but it's 24 and a half on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I just don't love that. I'm going to stay away from that. He could hit it, but I don't think that's a good bet. Instead, I'm going to pick a couple of receivers here. I'm going to take Van Jefferson over on 39 and a half receiving yards. That's the same number on FanDuel and DraftKings. Jefferson is averaging 48 yards a game receiving this year. He had 63 yards receiving last week, and he had 50 yards receiving against the Niners in week 10. So I like Van Jefferson to go over that 39 and a half. <clears throat> and the last prop I've got for you, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. He's this year's Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think he should be in the MVP conversation. He's just having a fantastic year. He's got, I think it's uh, uh, 1,829 receiving yards so far this year. And it, that means his props are very high. I like his receiving prop anyway, and it is a lofty 114 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings. That's basically right around his average. He's only averaging 114 yards a game. This goes against everything that I normally take into account when I'm recommending a, a prop here. Why am I saying take Cooper Cup receiving anyway? 
because he's 135 yards away from the all-time receiving record, which was set by Megatron Calvin Johnson back in 2012. Megatron had 1964. Cooper Cup is sitting at 1829. I fully believe that Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford are going to try to get Cooper Cup this record. So I think they're going to feed him the ball. I think they're going to, barring injury, I think they get him that 135 yards that he needs for the receiving uh, record. So I love Cooper Cup. Uh, the over on 114 and a half on DraftKings. So that's what I've got on my second game. It's one of the few games that we are sure is going to be meaningful. Both teams are going to play all their starters that are healthy, but I think the Rams pull it out in the end. And I think they cover the three and a half at home. That's important to me too. Um, my props are Debo Samuel over on receptions, four and a half over on rushing yards, 21 and a half. And I like Van Jefferson over on 39 and a half receiving yards. And finally Cooper cup over 114 and a half on his way to the all time receiving yards record. I do like the Rams in this game. The problem that I have is the hook. I don't like that half a point. If it was Rams minus three and you can find the alternative lines on, you know, the, the various, um, sites like DraftKings and FanDuel. So I might look for that minus three alternative uh, point spread. Depends on what the, the juice is on that. Uh, so I'm probably going to stay away from this game only because I don't like that half a point, but I do like the Rams to win this game. I'm just not sure they're going to win by more than three. Um, as far as props go, I love Debo Samuel, but I'm going to add one onto this. That's Debo Samuel over receiving yards. It's 55 and a half right now. So I'm going to take Debo Samuel over 55 and a half receiving yards. And another one from this game, Sony Michelle is the lead running back for the Rams. His rushing attempts total is 14 and a half heavy juice on DraftKings at minus 155. I'll go check over on FanDuel and see what the juice is on that. But I like Sony Michelle over 14 and a half uh, rushing attempts. He's averaging 18 rushing attempts since he's taken over as the number one back. So Sony Michelle over 14 and a half rushing attempts. And I'm going to go the other way on Cooper Cup. <clears throat> right now it's minus one six. I'm sorry. Right now it's 116 and a half um, receiving yards on DraftKings. And I'm going to go the under. I'm going to take Cooper Cup under 116 and a half receiving yards in this game. I think that uh, the 49ers know the ball's going his way and they're going to, he's going to have a good game, but I don't think he's going to hit that number. So Cooper Cup under 116 and a half receiving yards. Any last thoughts on this game? Uh, I like your additions on the, the Debo receiving yards. I also like the Sony Michelle uh, rushing attempts with Daryl Henderson <laughs> definitely out for this game. Uh, Cam Akers, uh, I think, has been activated, uh, believe it or not. But I don't think he's expected to play anyway. That, does, that would mean that Sony Michelle should carry the load. So I like that a lot. I did just check FanDuel. I don't see a rushing attempts prop on there. So basically, we're left with FanDuel over on 14 and a half. I do like that. I'm sticking with Cooper Cup, man. I'm telling you, especially if San Francisco might be missing a chunk of their secondary here. I don't think it's going to matter that San Francisco knows that, that the Rams are going to go to Cooper Cup. Um, I think the, the Rams are going to go to Cooper Cup, and I think he hits this. And you got it's 114 and a half, I think, on DraftKings and 116 and a half on FanDuel. I might have that re uh, reversed, but make sure you get the lower number if you do take it. And make sure you get the higher number if you go the under. All right. Well, you know what? We don't have to agree on everything. And I might also look at Odell, Odell Beckham Jr.'s uh, receiving 
total. It's 48 and a half right now in DraftKings. So that might be something to look at as well. We have some time. That's a late game today. All right. My second game, another game with meaning. Uh, it's a one o'clock game and their rivals, AFC North rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers going into Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens. This game has meaning, not much, because both teams' playoff hopes are remote. They need a lot of help from a lot of other teams. But it's a 1 o'clock game, and anything can happen. So both teams are going to play hard. Both teams are going to play until the end. And this is Ben Roethlisberger's, probably most likely his last game. Um, looks like he's going to retire at the end of the season, so I expect a big game from Big Ben. Um, as, I, as I said before, both teams – their playoff lives are, are barely alive. Pittsburgh needs Jacksonville to upset the Colts and the Raiders-Chargers game to not end in a tie, and they're in the playoffs. Baltimore's road is a bit more difficult um, than Pittsburgh. They need losses by both the Colts and Chargers and a loss or a tie by the Miami Dolphins against the Patriots. Plus, both teams have to win to get in, of course. <clears throat> um, no Lamar Jackson again this week, so Tyler Huntley is going to start. He's played pretty well, but the Ravens overall have not played well. They started off the season 8-3 and three until they went into Pittsburgh and lost 20-19 to 19 on an inc incomplete two-point conversion by Lamar Jackson. Since that game, they haven't won. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They've lost five straight games, and <clears throat> without Lamar Jackson, they're just a completely different team. The Steelers, on the other hand, they put up their best rushing performance since 2017 last week against the Browns, 190 rushing yards. Um, troubling stat, however, for the Steelers, they've lost their last four road games, trailing early in every game by 17 points, 38 points, 29 points, and 30 points in losses to the Chargers, Bengals, Vikings, and Chiefs. But I think the Steelers are going to turn it around. The line right now is Steelers getting three and a half points at Baltimore. The Steelers in their last 50 games as an underdog have covered 69% of the time. And I expect them to cover today. Quite honestly, I think they're probably going to win this game against the Ravens. Uh, so I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm going to take the three and a half points and the over-under total is 41 and a half. I'm going to stay away from that. I'm just going to take the Steeler game. I might take the money line as well. All right, props in this game. <clears throat> Again, I'm going to look at overall team defense and offense. The Ravens are dead last against the pass, giving up 281.7 passing yards per game. This is Big Ben's last game as a Steeler. His passing prop is only 224 passing 20, 224 and a half passing yards. So I'm going to take big Ben over 224 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And on the other side of the ball, Tyler Huntley's the quarterback. Pittsburgh is second to last against the rush, giving up 139.6 rushing yards per game. I like Tyler Huntley to rush for over 42 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And I'm also going to look at Devontae Freeman, over 48 and a half rushing yards, minus 120 on DraftKings. Um, again, putting that in the perspective of Pittsburgh having the second worst rushing defense. So those are my props. Big Ben, over 224 and a half rushing yards. 
Tyler Huntley over 42 and a half rushing yards and Devontae Freeman over 48 and a half rushing yards. So Big Ben over passing, Huntley over rushing, Freeman over rushing, and give me the Steelers getting three and a half points in Baltimore. John, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, this is exactly the kind of game where I need to stay away from it because I, I agree with all of your analysis there. I've gotten burned by betting against Baltimore at home earlier in the year. And I think that uh, Tyler Huntley showed that he can play well enough to keep the, the Ravens in a game against a tough opponent, better teams than Pittsburgh, frankly. So this one's a little too close to call for me. But I do like the props. I like the Tyler Huntley rushing prop. He's been over that number. I just double-checked right now. It looks like it's gone up to 44 and a half rushing yards for Huntley. But even that number, he's been over his last three times out. So I love the, the Huntley rushing. Um, I also love another one on the Steelers side of the ball, Deontay Johnson. He is averaging 74 yards receiving per game. His receiving props this week, 65 and a half yards at minus 115 on DraftKings, but flip over to FanDuel and you can get it at 63 and a half receiving yards for Deontay Johnson this week. Uh, he had 11 catches for 105 yards against Baltimore on December 5th. So give me that too. Deontay Johnson over 63 and a half receiving yards, which plays into your Ben uh, Roethlisberger theory on FanDuel. And I'm definitely following on the Tyler Huntley rushing yards. You know what? It actually looks like a lot of people are agreeing with me on the Steelers because that line just went down to three. So hop on that quickly. I still like it at three. Again, I might even take the Steelers on the money line. But looks like a lot of the bets are going on Pittsburgh. So looks like the betting public, hopefully the sharp public as well, um, is with me on the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, John, you got any other games or are we wrapping this one up today? That's all I've got for now. Uh, follow us on, on Twitter. Um, look for me, Hedgehog, Hedgehog Action, at JFD68112, because I'm sure we're going to be throwing some bets out there for the night game, Chargers Raiders, especially if it ends up meaning something. Um, and I think that depends on if the Colts win, I think. I think if the Colts win, that game means, some, means the, uh, something for the Chargers. But we'll see as the games play out today. All right, before we go into our tracks of the week, we have one more college football game left. Monday night for the whole enchilada, the college football championship game is um, Alabama against Georgia, probably the two best teams in college football all season long. Um, some might say Michigan, some might say Ohio State, some might say Cincinnati, but you know what? At the end of the day, we have two SEC teams playing for the championship. On paper, Georgia is probably the better team, but Alabama showed – that they are Alabama and they beat them in the SEC conference game pretty handily. And right now Alabama is getting two and a half points. I thought Georgia was going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. And they just did not. And in fact, their defense didn't show up, even though their defense has been, you know, top of the uh, college football ranks all season long with Nick Saban as an underdog. Give me that all day long. I'm going to take Alabama and I'm going to take those two and a half points dropped from three down to two and a half. So I think a lot of people are, are agreeing with me that um, Alabama is probably going to do well in this game, if not win. So give me Alabama and I'll take those two and a half points. What do you think about the college game, John? I, I love it. All you had to tell me was Nick Saban getting points. And that's definitely the way I'm going. The only question I'm looking at my phone right now, is this a 50 burger or is this a Royale with cheese? <laughs> this is a tasty burger. I'm leaning Royale with cheese right now. Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Drop a dime. Absolutely. 
Royale with cheese for sure. Um, all right. We now move into our tracks of the week. And I'm going to step out of my comfort zone of trance. I'm going with a new house track that I've been listening to over the last week. It's Alex Brandt and Flexus, Undercover. Just a real cool um, house track. I picked up the extended mix just because I loved it so much. So Alex Brandt and Flexus, Undercover. That's my track of the week. Stuff, man, and I, of course, sticking with my uh, my house roots here. I'm gonna go with a very new track, just dropped uh, this week, actually, January 7th, and it is on maybe my favorite label, definitely one of my favorite labels, Tool Room Records, and that's a track called "Feel the Vibe." It's by Astro Tracks, Martin Eichen, Shola Phillips. Uh, excuse me, featuring Shola Phillips. I'm talking about the extended mix. Brand new house track, definitely my groovy vibe here. It's called Feel the Vibe on Tool Room Records. That's my track of the week. Feel the vibe. stuff all right we have now reached the conclusion of the podcast so good luck everyone may your bets be sharp and your cash be bountiful we will see you next week for super wild card weekend six games and let's see what happens today it's gonna be crazy see you next week guys adios it's gonna be wild super wild later 